Thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We're Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. We're located in beautiful Tuolumne, California, which is just about eight miles east of Sonora, California. I just want to encourage you, if you're at home listening, to go get your Bibles and to follow along. If you're driving or working and just have opportunity to listen, then please sit back and listen to the living Word of God. Proverbs 4.7 says, In all you're getting, wisdom is the primary thing, but get understanding. Understanding is so important. And I pray that this message helps you to see uh, the true meaning behind the Ten Commandments. It's all about relationship. He didn't give them to us just to be rules and regulations. He gave them to us to see the further principle behind them so that we would understand that it's all about relationship. It's about Him being able to love us and us loving back on Him and being able to love one another. So relax and enjoy this message. This one today is called The Principle of Honor. We'll get started here in just a few seconds. Thank you. There we go. So we are in a sermon series entitled God's Top Ten, Principles for Living. We know that we're talking about the Ten Commandments, and today we're on commandment number five. Now, I don't know how you guys have been feeling about this series, but it has been speaking to me. I mean, each one I get through, I say, they can't be anything any harder than that one was. And I get to the next one, and I go, oh, my goodness. There is so much behind these commandments. And understand, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for the principle behind the commandment. Not just that he was saying, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, or thou shalt do. We're looking for the principle behind it. Why did God put that there? What is it that he's really trying to speak to us today in the Ten Commandments? And that's what we are looking for. Today, we're on the commandment number five which I've entitled it, The Principle of Honor. So Exodus 20, 12, this is the verse that it's about. It says, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long on the land which the Lord your God has given you. Now, he's talking about the land in which we live today. A lot of people make the misconception that they think the promised land is when we get to heaven. No, because there are no enemies in the promised land. He's talking about here, terra firma, here on earth, that our days may be long. So there's something about this this thing about honoring our fathers and mothers. I want you to hear it. It's in Deuteronomy, we have the Ten Commandments rewrote. The word Deuteronomy, if you don't know, means the second time. So it's the law given the second time. Remember when Moses got the law the first time he came down, seeing all these crazy people running around these golden calves that they made, and he crashed the Ten Commandments? This is when God rewrote them. Deuteronomy is the second commandment, the second law given, is what the word Deuteronomy means. Deuteronomy 5.16 says, Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. I feel like this is really interesting. This is the only commandment out of the top ten that give us a promise. 
But most of us see the promises that, that, you know, we may live long on this land. But how about in Deuteronomy where it says that it may be well with you? What is the point, the point of living long if things aren't well with you? You know, we need things to be well with us. And so like I've talked about before, we're looking for the principle behind this commandment. And I've got to be honest, on the surface, I was thinking as I was preparing for this, why would God put this in his top ten? I mean, think about it. He's got ten slots to give us the principles for living. He's got ten words that he's going to give us. And why would he put this one in there with a promise attached to it? This is huge. And you know, the interesting thing, I could think of so many other things that possibly he could say when I didn't have the full understanding of what he was really saying. I mean, couldn't he have said, never use any mind-altering drugs or alcohol. This will surely kill you. Makes sense to me. Why wouldn't he put that in there? Or how about never start smoking? There are so many things that I could think of that, that he could have said, but he says to honor your father and mother. And I'm thinking, well, I already do that, God. And the Lord spoke back to my heart and he said, that's because you had good parents. Not everybody is so lucky. And we're going to look at that today. We're going to address it today a little bit about parents who haven't been good parents. God didn't create parents equally. They've been in throughout the world some really poor parents, some really parents that shouldn't have been raising children. There are many parents throughout history that were terrible parents. And yet it tells us to honor our father and mother. It's easy for us who had good parents. I mean, my parents weren't perfect at all. My dad was a lot of things, but I've never dishonored him because of the love in my heart for my parents. But what if my parents hadn't have been? But the principal thing in this, in this commandment is honor. And we have to understand what it means to have honor. My first point today is honor produces faith. And you might think, oh, well, really? I've never thought about it that way. Yes, it produces faith. We have to have honor in order to have faith. Look at Mark 6, 1 through 6. Then he went out from there, and he came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. And, and let me tell you this, they weren't astonished in a good way. But they were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? They knew who he was. They knew his name was Jesus or Jesus or what, however they pronounced it in the day. They knew this was Jesus. And now they say, where'd this man get these things? I would have loved to have been there to hear that message. He must have been getting right down in their backyards, rooting some things up. Because these guys got upset at him because they thought they knew him. And it goes on to say, and what wisdom, what wisdom is given which is given to him and such mighty works are performed by his hand. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James, Judas, uh, Joes, and Simon? Are not his sisters right here with us? So they were offended at him. 
His whole family was there in the synagogue with him, and yet they were offended. One of their own is telling them principles of living and principles of life, and they got upset. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. That means a prophet has honor. He's not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. You see, their lack of honor brought them to the reciprocal to faith, which is unbelief. If you don't have honor, you don't have faith, and it becomes unbelief. And they went about the villages, and he went about the villages, Jesus, in a circuit teaching. This thing that was happening to them is called familiarity. You ever heard that term? It, it comes from the word family. Familiarity. People know you. And sometimes I get concerned. When I was studying this message, I got to thinking about my own life. And I, I, when I first got into ministry, I had a real issue with my own son, my oldest son. Now, my youngest son, who's now 30-something years old, he, he never saw me smoke a cigarette or drink a beer. But my oldest son, he saw who I was before. And we were apart. He lived in Lodi. I had moved up here when I had come back to the Lord, and I began to serve the Lord. And in a fairly rapid period of time, I got involved in a church, and I wound up getting involved in ministry. And my oldest son was thinking, I wonder what kind of scam dad's playing on this. <laughs> that hurt. Of course, he doesn't think that way now. He knows I'm completely sold out to the ministry of Jesus Christ. And he listens. That's where one of the guys, he listened to my podcast. But understand, he remembered who I was. He wasn't seeing who I am. And, and kind of the same thing, even in this church, when I was looking at the opportunity to become your lead pastor, it, I'll never forget thinking, they know me. I mean, I've been under a car with Andy, and I hit my thumb, and he's probably heard me say things I should not have said. You know, I mean, we've worked together, we've been together, we, we've joked together, and, and maybe they've, someone here has seen me get angry, and, and it's like, oh, that's just George. Where when I went down, when Joe and I went down to that little church in Snelling, they didn't know me. It was like they wanted to roll the red carpet out. In fact, their carpet was red. But they wanted to roll the red carpet out. They would have done, if I said, let's paint the church red, white, and blue, they'd have said, okay. If that, you think that'll work, Pastor, God's speaking through you. It was, it was a kind of an interesting phenomena that they showed so much honor and respect because they didn't know me. So there's this thing about familiarity. Now, I know we're not there here today. You guys, I am your pastor, and I see the honor and respect that you give me. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that this familiarity thing can happen. In fact, it got me to thinking about even my work. You know, I still work a full-time job. I'm with, with knuckleheads like Terry all the time, you know? Yeah. And, and we go out and we work and... and uh, and Michael, you know, he's been on my crew. You know, and, and, you know, I'm a real guy. And maybe sometimes I got to thinking, and in fact, I asked Clyde. We were just this last Friday, I was with him, and I was inviting him again to come to church. Yeah, I'll come. And I said, Clyde, is, is it possible 
is it even remotely possible that it, it's hard for you to come hear me to preach because you know me? Because of familiarity? And he said, huh. And I thought, okay, he's thinking. And I said, talk to me. And I said, we joke around here a lot. We, we, we're always, you know, these guys are like my friends, and I know I'm not supposed to cross that line. They're not my friends. Okay, but you guys know me. I, I, you know, if I could hug them, I'd hug them. They're my friends. I, I, I see them as a soul, not as a criminal or not as anything. And he said, no, no, that doesn't offend me. He said, you're the same guy up there as you are out here. And I said, thank you. And I said, even when I picked on you last week? And he said, yeah, even when you picked on me. And I, he, he said, I was telling him to go do something. He said, if you keep picking on me, I'm going to cry. Well, then I started calling him crybaby. <laughs> and then another guy in the back seat, he, he started call, singing that baby back rib song. Only he was calling him crybaby back ribs. <laughs> and we were picking on him. Okay? Pastor George. And I started to feel guilty about that. And I said, you know, maybe... Maybe the Lord's showing me that I need to, you know, filter my mouth even a little better and, and the things that I do. Because I want to be this guy. I want to be the guy that is sold out for the gospel's sake. Not acting one way when I'm over here and another way when I'm over there. And it's serious. And I, I got to thinking about it. And God is changing my heart through this. Seeing that, that we do need to pay attention to how we're speaking and what we're doing. So I understand how Jesus felt in this situation. Look at this other scripture. It's Hebrews 3, verse 12. He says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. There we are again with that unbelief. The opposite of faith. In departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily when it is called today. Least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And Michael, when you and I were talking this morning, this is exactly what I was talking about. Right now, because times are tough for you, you need me. And I need you. And we need each other. When you see somebody that's struggling, don't hesitate to go give them a hug and say, Brother, is there any way that I can help you? What's going on? What can I do to help in your situation? Because that's what he said right there. He said, while it is today, least any of you wind up with a hardened heart. Verse 14 says, for we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence and are steadfast to the end. Do you realize what he just said there? Do you remember when you first got saved? You better. That confidence, that confidence, that freedom, that reality that God really loves me. We've got to hold on to that first confidence because Satan is trying to steal it away. He's trying to steal it from us. He said, partakers, hold on to the beginning of our confidence, steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you hear the voice, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. Look at verse 16. It says, For who having heard, rebelled. Indeed, it was not all who came out of 
Let me, I said that wrong. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now we're back to the children of Israel. In, Mo, in, in that time, Moses was leading them. Now with whom was angry? God was angry for 40 years. Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness, and to whom he sware that they would never enter into his rest? But to those who did not obey. Hmm. So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. The people, the children of Israel, were not honoring God's word. That was the problem. And without honor, they had no faith. And without faith, it turned into unbelief. And God said, I'm not sending you into the promised land. It was, it was only Caleb and who was the other guy? Joseph. No. Joshua, it was only Caleb and Joshua. Thank you, my memory went that way. It was only Caleb and Joshua that got to see the promised land. And all the babies that, that had grown up that were under 20 years old when they went into the desert. Because of their unbelief. They didn't get anywhere. They couldn't. Because they weren't honoring God's word. Point number two. Honor produces blessings. It produces blessings when we honor. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you. So here it is in Ephesians, they're repeating the Deuteronomy scripture, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on life. So I ask you, what is the difference between obey and honor? Oh, it's easy. When you're a child, when your kids are little, you do your very best as a parent to make sure they obey. And when they grow up, and they have their own house and their own families, you want your children to show you honor because you're their parents. That's the difference between honor and obey. We, as, as, our, as our kids are growing up and, and you know, we try to give them more freedom and more freedom and obedience, freedom is attached to obedience. When they're obeying you, you don't have really a big problem to, to give them more freedom, do you? No, it's natural, a natural phenomenon. When they're being obedient, you give them more freedom. But if they're not being obedient, you kind of pull back on the reins and go, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you go without a chaperone. I'm not going to let you go without me. And through that, we teach our children honor. And it's so important that we understand how to honor. Because we have to honor authority throughout life. We all do. We all do. Look at Romans 13, 1 and 2. He said, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. You ever know those guys? I, I see, see them all the time. They'll be 40-something years old. And they'll say, I'm not working for nobody. No boss is going to tell me what to do. I see it all the time. They go from job to job, from 
you know, career opportunity to career opportunity, and they walk away, they get fired, they get mad, and they go, nobody's going to tell me what to do. You know, those guys typically either wind up in prison or they wind up in the army. Ironic, isn't it? The, the two places where they're going to be told what to do every minute of the day. Why? Because they don't have honor for authority. And I'm not saying every police officer is a good man. That's obviously true. I mean, not true. There, there are people in every kind of job that are, that are bad. But still, we have to give them honor and respect because of the authority that they have. And think of it. Those guys who think that peace officers should, are considered pigs, things aren't going to go well for them. Okay? It's just not. It's not going to go well. Things are going to go wrong. And then they get pulled over for a simple traffic violation and they blow up into something crazy because they don't want to give honor and respect. This is so important that we see this principle. We can't ignore it. It must be taught that we honor our parents so that we can honor those who are in authority. Even Jesus taught us, was taught to honor his parents. Do you guys realize that? Let's just go to Luke 2, 43. I'm going to read this section to you. And it's actually, some of it's kind of quite funny. When they had heard, when they had finished the days, and as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph, his mother, did not know it. But supposing him to have been with the company, they went a day's journey not even realizing that he wasn't there. You know, because they're, they're traveling a fairly large company of people. Oh, Jesus must be back there with, you know, Uncle Bob. Somewhere, he's back there. And finally someone said, you know, it's dinner time. Where is Jesus? And someone goes and starts looking through the whole company. He's not here. How would you feel, Jason? All of a sudden, Audrey wasn't there. You'd go, wait a minute, where is Audrey? We're going to go find her, Right? I mean, that's, it, it started to get real concerning. So look, look at what happens. So it was, now so it was, that after three days, three days, they returned to Jerusalem. Now after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, talking about his parents, Mary and Joseph, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. I think Luke was being really kind here. Can, you, you think so? I mean... He's in the temple, but he's been missing for three days. Can you imagine what, what poor Joseph was thinking? Hey, God, um, you know uh, that son you gave us, you know, um, you got another one? Um, we've lost him. You know, I mean, I mean, they know he's the son of God. They, they know who he is. They understand the miracle that was performed. They, they, they get it, but he's missing. And I could just see her going into the church, and they, she probably grabbed him by the ear and said, Son, you're coming with me. And listen to what Jesus said to him. This just astounds me. 
And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? Oh. Mm. I know Jesus didn't sin. Okay, the Bible tells us that clearly. But I guarantee you, Mama got a hold of his ear and took him right on out of there. Because listen to what it goes on to say. It says, but they did not understand the statement. They didn't understand. So, so, they, <laughs> so he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. You guys know what that means? Yes, mother. Yes, father. Whatever you say. I'm subject to you. I get it. I get it. Don't pinch me in the back of the arm again, mom. I got it. I got it. But his mother kept all these things in her heart because she knew. She knew who Jesus was. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Man, what a time that must have been. But even Jesus had to be taught to honor his parents. Next time he decided to do this, I guarantee you, he said to them, Mom, can I please go to the temple and talk to those yahoos that don't know what they're talking about? And I'm sure she probably said, yeah, go ahead, son. We'll come pick you up at six. You know, it was simple as that. But even Jesus had to be taught. Because what happens with dishonor? Dishonor, point number three, produces judgment. Exodus 21, 15 through 17 says, these are just a couple of quick scriptures that, that talk about what happens to us. Exodus 21, 15, it says, and he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. That's pretty serious to me. Number 17 says, he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And we'll see this referred to in a New Testament scripture. Romans 1, 24, 20 through 24, it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Can I get an amen? amen. You realize what I just said? What the Bible just told, all things are created by God. If you want to know, go outside and look around at the colored leaves. Isn't that incredible? This is my favorite time of year. Everything's so incredibly beautiful. And you look around and you go, God had painted this for us. This is his creation. Even this pew you sit on. Oh, no, no, pastor, that was made by uh, pew company number 32. No. That was created by God. You know how? God put the idea into somebody's mind. And they took those ideas and they put them into their hands and they drew a plan and go, I can build a pew that we could sit 20 people on. And they began to produce the saints. It's from God. Everything is produced by God. Everything that is around you. We need to see his glory in our daily life. We need to see everything that is made is made by him. It says, because although they knew God, it's talking about the Israelites again, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. 
What happens when you don't give honor? It produces disbelief. It produces darkness. It produces confusion. Verse 22, it says, Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. The birds and the four-footed animals and creeping things. Verse 24 says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves. You see, you've got to understand, when you don't give God honor, you're, you're going to be turned into darkness and things are going to be changed for you. It's not going to be good. It's not going to work out for you. We have to give honor to where honor is due. And we have to learn to honor our parents. Romans 1.30. This continues on with the same statement that God was talking about. He begins to call them backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, innovators of evil things, disobedient to parents. This is what happens when you don't have honor in your life and you're, you're not honoring those who are in authority. 2 Timothy 3.2 says, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Now, if there's any of you that are sitting here who maybe didn't have good parents and you're thinking, I, I don't know if I can do this. We honor our parents, even the bad ones, because through them, God created you. And you give your parent honor that they gave me life. And we pray that God will change their hearts of whoever they were or whatever they were. You don't have to love how they treated you, but you have to give them honor that they were your parents. People are just people. They're infallible. They're foolish. It just, it just called them foolish sir, because they started, got off into their own ways and they, they forgot to realize who they even were. And they begin to live in darkness. And pretty soon, they've raised kids who are living in darkness. And potentially, they've hurt those kids. And now the kids are growing up saying, I'm not going to honor my father and mother. In fact, you talk about honor, and this, this just turns me off. I'm not even wanting to listen because of what my parents have done to me. And I plead with you to hear me. It's a choice. It's a choice that we make. You choose to forgive because they're human beings and they're fallible and they make mistakes and you give them honor because they brought you into this world. And if they're still alive, you pray that there's opportunity that God could change their hearts potentially. It's, it's profound of how many Christians there are that really struggle with Father's and Mother's Days and when it starts talking about honoring your parents, it's very difficult. And I understand. 
I was blessed enough to have good parents, but they weren't perfect. Trust me, they weren't perfect. But they were good. Proverbs 20.20 says, Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. Proverbs 30.11 says, There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in his own eyes, yet not washed its filthiness. This is very interesting, these couple of scriptures that we're reading in Proverbs. I'm going to read you a few more, but there's a couple of verses that are in the middle of all this, and obviously we know what it's talking about. It's talking about a generation. Now, I'm not saying this particular generation, but could it be? Could it be? As verse 13, it says, There is a generation. Oh, how lofty are their eyes. And their eyelids are lifted up. Verse 14. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords. Do you realize that words can cut? Can cut you in two. And their fangs are like knives. To devour the poor from off the earth. And the needy from among men. But listen to these two. These are kind of far out there, but... I'm going to explain them. Verse 15. The leech has two daughters. Give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied. For never say enough. The grave. The barren womb. The earth is not satisfied with water. And the fire never says enough. Wow. Wow. Verse 17, the eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience of his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick out, will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. What he's talking about, these two verses, the leech has two daughters. Give and give again. Do you realize it's a generation that thinks everything should be given to them? That nobody should have to work. That college should be free. That you have no right to tell me to live a certain way or do anything. That give and give again. It's out there. This generation is called entitlement. Yeah, it sounds a lot like ours and it concerns me. It concerns me. It, this is the most dishonoring generation. Our generation today is the most dishonoring generation since the book of Acts. Since the church first began. Do you know, I can remember a day not so many long ago that I could totally disagree and not like a president, but I'd give him honor because he's my president. And look what's happening in our country today. I don't care if you don't like his policies. I didn't like anything that Obama did. I'm sorry I said it. And it's now going to be all around the world. But he was still my president. He was still my president. I would have honored him if he came into my house with, with the greatest honor I could 
could give the man. We have to have honor, and that's what's happening to our country today, is there is no honor. I want you to listen to this statement. If you ever want to look something up online, this guy's name is Dennis Prager. And he, he wrote, actually it was about two pages, I'm only going to give you one paragraph on the fifth commandment. He said, this commandment is the only one that lists reward for its fulfillment. Long life as a viable society. Clearly, the Bible wants us to understand that a society in which children are ceasing, cease showing honor to their parents will cease to be a functioning society. Its day will be numbered, and this makes one worry about America, where too often parents do not demand respect. They seek only to be loved by their children. And this was wrote back in 2011. Things are substantially worse today. And we need to pay attention. Do you realize that I just learned this when I looked up this guy here? This was part of it, actually. The leadership of Nazi Germany. This is one of the first things that Hitler put into action. Is he told the government schools to teach the children to turn their parents in if they didn't agree with Nazism. And the children were honored and rewarded for dishonoring their parents. Yeah, it's frightening. What are they teaching our kids today? We need to pay attention. I'm not saying our school, I think we have probably the best school district in the country right here in Tuolumne County, but we still need to pay attention. Can I get an amen? amen? We need to pay attention to what our children are learning and and what ideas are being put into their head. Malachi 1.6 says, A son honors his father, and a servant his mother. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who desire my name, you say, In what way have we despised your name? Now he's talking to the pastors, to the preachers, to the leaders of a government, to a church, of the church. Not paying close attention. In what way have we dishonored God's name? Remember how last week we talked about, when we were talking about the Sabbath, that it's not honoring to God when we don't understand what it means to give him the Sabbath of our life. And we have to learn how to honor God. Matthew 15, 1 through 8 says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were in Jerusalem came to Jesus. Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Oh, my word. And Jesus answered and said to them, why do you transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses his father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever profit you might received from me is a gift from God. 
Whatever mom and dad you ever received from me, that, that was from God. But I don't have to take care of you anymore. Is what they were saying. Then he need not honor his father or his mother anymore. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. Well did the Isaiah prophecy about you saying. Those people draw near to me with their mouth. And honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. Wow that's the last of it right there. Did good. Do you realize how important this is? That we learn to honor. I was going to show you a video clip and I forgot to have you set it up for me. It's my fault. It was a three minute clip of Joyce Meyer. Anybody ever heard of her? Some lover, some hater. I don't care either way. I've listened to her and she preaches the word of God and the love of God. And she was sharing her testimony of how to accept her parents after her father so brutally raped her well over 200 times as a child and as a teenager. And God miraculously changed her heart and showed her. It took years. It, didn't, it wasn't overnight. It took a long time. But then finally they were in a place of ministry where where she had enough, and the Lord said to her, I want you to get your parents, and I want you to move them close to you. I want you to buy them a house. I want you to take care of them until they die. And she said, you've got to be kidding, God. No loving God would ask me to do that with what he's done to me. But praise God, she was, she was deep enough in the Lord to understand and know when God is speaking to her, so she did it. And after about three years of him living in his house, he got a call from, she got a call from her mother. And her mother said, you got to come over here and talk to your dad. He wants to talk to you. He's been crying for weeks. And so she took her husband over there and sat with her dad. And he apologized. He said, I don't know why it's taken me. I'm not I wasn't man enough to say I'm sorry. And they led him to the Lord that day and baptized him ten days later. And God healed her heart. But what a bad parent. Bad parents. Because her mother allowed this to happen. We can be healed. If you've had bad parents, I'm telling you, it's okay. The Bible tells us that we honor them. We honor them for who they are. And maybe in a case like this, they can actually come to know the Lord and repent for the horrible things that they may have done in your life. But if we don't have honor for our parents, we're going to have a real hard time honoring anybody that's in authority over us. Your boss, the police officer down the street, people in your life, your wife. You know, just like when I, I got to talk about it a little while earlier in the message about the familiarity thing. It happens in marriages. And we got to be so careful. You know, we become familiar. We've been married for 15 years now. And, and pretty soon, you, know, you don't have to romance your wife anymore. She's your wife. Come on, guys. No. I've made that mistake. I've suffered the cost. 
don't allow familiarity to get in the way of those who you love the most. You show your wife or you show your husband honor. Because God, they're a gift from God. A gift to you from God. And you show them honor. And you love them. And you love your children. You show your children honor and you expect them to show the honor back. My children show me great honor now, most of them. I got, ironically, the one that I'm concerned about the most is the one who I raised up in the ministry. Yeah, isn't that? And the one who saw me and thought maybe I was running a, a scam or something now has incredible honor and respect for what God has done. It's interesting, man. You never know what your kids are going to do. What do we do as parents? We love them. We pray for them. And we teach them to honor those that are in authority. Amen? Amen. Sean, could I get you to come up and lead us in, in one of the songs that you did? The very first one, I think. That's the one that ended too soon. You never have a song you're singing and it's like it ended? And you don't want it to end?